0: What is God's purpose? Uh, this week I've been uh, traveling around with Adam, and Adam wears CDs out, and the one CD he's been playing has been Mumford and Sons, and so the song that just stuck in my head is "Hold Me Fast." I'm a hopeless wanderer, and that phrase—that's what I feel. I just—you know—two weeks ago I got back from London, spending a week away, and now Thursday I'm going to the Middle East, and I'm feeling like this hopeless wanderer. So you need to hold me fast or I'm going to blow away again to go to another part of the world. And in my, in my wandering, I'm also going to ask that you would allow me to kind of wander in the scripture a little bit. We are journeying through Acts, but I'm still trying to recover from what happened in my week away in England. And so as I'm you know, listening to Mumford and Sons with Adam and we're trying to tie up all these loose ends before I leave again... And then I'm reading, uh, just hanging out with Jesus. I, I discovered something else. and I just couldn't let it It just, well, it wouldn't let go of me. And so if you'll let me be this hopeless wanderer in your midst, we'll come back to Acts whenever. We'll get there and we'll continue on. But until then, I just want to raise this question. What is God's purpose? And it's really, again, it's still connected with the time that I spent with the 2014 School of Reconciliation and Justice. So Kathy in the red coat is my sister, and she, she founded the school. She's the director of this school, and God has placed her in this vicarage, uh, parsonage, next to a small, dying uh, Anglican parish with this invitation, come to our neighborhood and help us uh, in the ministry of reconciliation and justice. And so then she invites these international folks to come and to learn, what, is it, what does it look like to be reconcilers uh, in in a neighborhood that is in dire need of reconciliation because it's very multicultural, very multi-faith. Tensions are high. It's also a government estate, which means most of the people that live in the neighborhood are on some sort of government support in the U.K. And so there's Meg, the the gal with the red hair, uh, from South Dakota, married to a Brit. And you've got Nanzip holding his hand over his face. He's from Nigeria, northern Nigeria... He is uh, the staff member that Kathy has right now for the school. And Tanache, the smiling guy next to, to Nanzip, is from Zimbabwe. And then Shelley, Shelley, uh, she comes from Wisconsin, but from 15 to now she's 22. She and her family have lived in Swaziland in South Africa. Probably is not going to go back to South uh, to Wisconsin. She's going to stay in Swaziland. And then there is uh, Malik from Syria. Now that anybody been able to sit down with a Syrian? and ask them, what What do you think about what's going on in Syria? Yeah, it was pretty interesting. I got my notebook out. And I'll share that with you at some point. But right now, Ukraine is on kind of... We'll, we'll stick there. We'll pray for Syria soon. Then not in that photo is Shama from Uganda, Noel from Rwanda. So you, you bring all these people into this one place, and you live life together, and you learn together for a week, 24-7... That does something to you, and you begin to see things that are a little bit different. Then I, then I was invited to participate in the life of the Anglican Church. So St. John the Baptist, that's the vicarage is connected with this little parish. And then uh, All Saints Church, Caddington. I'm still trying to recover from uh, the contrast between here I stand with you in our little church building in our history of uh, 11 years as River City Vineyard and you know, the week I was there, I'm am speaking to a congregation in a church building that is 714 years old. That's a contrast. I was a little overwhelmed <laughs> by that contrast. But in that, that they're just I begin to have maybe some, you know, life does bring a, a lens. I mean, you, it's not it's not like you want experience to be the only lens that you have when you come to the scripture. But it is one of the lens. Life does teach you things. And so I begin to see something different. And so what I tried to share with you last week is that as I was invited out of this, this multicultural, multi-faith, great diversity to speak on, on the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, I, I, I just listened to Jesus in a different way. And Jesus said, you know, you've heard that our, that our ancestors were told, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, and he goes through some of the, the laws and the commands. And so it just was this reminder that God spoke the law to Israel. And those were written down. We call that the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. And then just the history of Israel, what Israel did, they received that law, and they immediately began to interpret that law. And then they begin, by the time Jesus is he said, What well, you 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 as a people, you you have this thing called the tradition of the elders. It's not even God's law anymore. So you receive something from God, you interpreted what God gave you, and then you created something different. And the bigger thing was that in doing that, you never accomplished the purpose of God. So the context of the verses, Jesus says this, don't misunderstand why I have come. I think we misunderstand all the time why Jesus came. Don't misunderstand why I've come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. I did not come to abolish the Old Testament. I came to accomplish their purpose. There was a, pur- there was a reason why God gave law to Israel. And they thwarted that purpose. And so Jesus is saying, so I'm here. We're going we're to fulfill that purpose because that's God's purpose. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. Its purpose is achieved. So much of my life as, as a United States Christian wrapped up in american pietism i thought that the law would someday be fulfilled by a people that could do it we could finally do the law well that's foolishness because we really can't do it and that really wasn't the purpose of the law was not that we would all obey the law there was a reason why we obeyed the law that's bigger than you and i obeying the law You following me? Did I lose you? If you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you'll be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's law and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. There's something between the law that was given, the purpose of the law, and the kingdom of God. That's all connected together. So the key questions that I begin to ask myself and I'll bring to you How does Jesus fulfill the purpose, the purpose of God? What was God's purpose in the old? What must be achieved? What purpose must be achieved before there's the passage of the old? And what in the world does the kingdom of God have to do with it? Well, Jesus is saying, well, let me tell you, because the ancients heard this, now I'm saying to you, I'm saying that the kingdom is arriving. The kingdom of God is arriving on the earth. And he's saying, I'm the king and I will reign on the earth and I will reign in the midst of all the nations. And my kingdom that's coming, it's going to have a new law. And that new law is going to be better than the old law. And that that he's really painting a picture of not just law, but of a better world. Something has happened on planet Earth because the kingdom of God has come and Jesus is ruling and reigning in the midst of all the nations. So if I could say, you know, what is it that God wants? What is it that God wants? Number one, He wants the rebellion to end. There was a rebellion at the beginning when Adam and Eve disobeyed. It was a rebellion. And that rebellion was connected to an evil one, the devil, Satan. And that rebellion continues to this day. And that rebellion against the rule of God has wreaked havoc upon our planet and havoc between people. And God has finally said, enough. This rebellion will end. I'm going to put an end to this rebellion. What does God want? He wants to rule on the earth again in the center of his creation, especially in the center of humanity, people. I will rule on the earth once again. <clears throat> and this next thing is really important. What God wants to do is he wants to direct all of humanity toward what is best in life. God has committed himself. I I want you to enjoy life in its fullest. And without my direction, you're going to miss it. So I, I want to be right with you. I will be the king, I will be in charge, and I am going to have a law, but what I'm doing with that law is I'm, I'm saying, I want you to live life, and I want you to live life well, and I want that, I want that to happen all over the earth. I want, I want all of humanity, all of creation to be lived at its best. That's what God wants. So that brought me, was just with those thoughts kind of whirling around, I came to another passage. So I want to read you out of Luke, Luke 7. John's disciples reported all these happenings to John. So John summoned two of his disciples and he sent them to the Lord with this message. Are you the one who is to come? Or are we to look for someone else? When the disciples of John, these men, came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you with this message. Are you the one who was to come or are we to look for someone else? At that very time, Jesus was healing many people of their diseases and ailments and evil spirits and he restored sight to many who are blind. So he answered them, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind are recovering their sight, cripples are walking again, lepers being healed, the deaf hearing, dead men are being brought to life again, and the good news is being given to those in need. Happy is the man who never loses his faith in me. Jesus, are you the coming one? Jesus, are you the Messiah? Jesus are you the king that is promised by the prophets of the Old Testament? And if Jesus, if you are the king, is the kingdom of God here? That, that's all wrapped up in John's question, are you the coming one? One of the things that I would like to encourage us as a community, when we say Messiah and when we say Christ, what we're really saying is King. And I think if we're going to get what God's purpose is, we've got to start saying king again. Jesus is the king. Are you the king? And Jesus' answer back was, well, go back and tell him what you see and what you hear. The blind are seeing. The lame are walking. The deaf are hearing. The lepers are healed. The dead are raised. And all in need are hearing good news. And blessed are the ones that don't lose faith in who I am. What Jesus is saying is his, his actions speak louder than his words. And his answer, if you put it into words, his words are these. The king has arrived. The king has arrived and he has begun to set things right on the earth. That's what he's saying. The story goes on. Luke 7, 24. When these messengers had gone back, Jesus began to talk to the crowd about John. what, What did you go out into the desert to look at? Was it a reed waving in the breeze? Well, what was it? You went out to see a man dressed in fine clothes. But the men who wear fine clothes live luxuriously in palaces. Well, what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes. I tell you, and far more than a prophet. This is the man of whom the scripture says, Behold, I send my messenger before your face. Who will prepare your way before me? Believe me, no one greater than John the Baptist has ever been born. And yet, the least member of the kingdom of God is greater than he. All the people, the crowd... Even the tax collectors, when they heard that, acknowledged God's justice. But the Pharisees and the experts in the law thwarted God's purpose for them. They refused John's baptism. John is preparing the way For the king. John's whole appearance on the earth was to announce the king that is promised in the Old Testament is arriving, and I'm getting people ready to receive him. The baptism of John was all about people being ready to receive the king. And the kingdom that is arriving is not just for the prophet or for the purest. You see, ordinary people, even tax collectors, can secure a place of dignity in the kingdom that is arriving. That was something new. It was not a surprise to the ordinary person or to the tax collector, that a prophet like John, or the Pharisees, who were the strictest of the strict, the most religious, that they would have a place. Matter of fact, the message of the Pharisees was, when the king arrives, when the kingdom of God comes, it's going to be payday for us, because we have been so righteous. We're the righteous ones. And when the king and his kingdom arrives, all you ordinary people, you're not really serious Jews. You're just Jews by name, but you're not really serious about your faith. And you tax collectors, you guys are toast. So when the king shows up, he's going to judge you. He's going to condemn you. He's going to deal with you, and he's going to wipe you off the planet along with all the Gentiles, and we pure ones will be left. That's the mentality. And Jesus doesn't support that at all. Jesus says, hey, folks, hey, you ordinary folks, hey, even you tax collectors, notice, because of the greed and the unfairness, tax collectors were a hated and despised class. The Pharisee, the strict Jew, was offended by the tax collector's contact with the Gentiles. And so they were ceremonially unclean. A a tax collector would not have been able to go into the temple in Jesus' day without serious (laughs) trouble. (laughs) So the tax collector and the common man will be greater than a prophet in the kingdom that's arriving. What's going on? All the people, yes, even the tax collectors, when they heard, acknowledged God's justice and were baptized by his baptism, they're saying, God is just. This is right. The playing field is now level. God's appearing. He's opening the door for everybody. All of humanity can come in. There's no stack deck here. You don't get ahead because you're a prophet or you're a purist. God's doing something for us. Then the sad thing is, the religious that thwart God's purpose. The Pharisees and the experts in the law frustrated. They thwarted. They set aside God's purpose for them. And they refused. They refused John's baptism. No, we will not prepare ourselves for the arrival of the king. We don't need to do that. So you start going through what in the world? What has God been doing through the ages? What's he been doing? There's a Greek word that's used. There's really a great little word, boule. So after the rebellion in in the garden, God began to think. God thinks. God has a mind. And as God thought, He resolved. And in that resolution, He had a plan. And if we would have been able to ask Him, Hey God, we see there's been a a rebellion on your planet and the planet you created is no longer in the same shape as it was when you originally created it. It looks like a disaster so what's your plan, God? What 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 counsel would you give? Well, God would be able to say this is what this is what I'm going to do. This is my divine counsel. And and that purpose was predetermined. Oops, I lost my place. Watch your fingers. You can't you can't dance around with this thing. Serious business here. I want to read you the words. So I'm going back. Predetermined and inflexible. God will God God set his course and he's not going to move from it. He's resolute. What God decided, his plan, his purpose, unbreakable, it's unchangeable. And yet, humanity can set it aside. We have a choice. Are we we going to enter into the purpose of God or are we going to resist it? The religious, the danger of the religious, and and it's not just Jewish religious first century, it would be anybody religious today. We create our own rule. And we can become so proud about our own rule that when the invitation to be under God's rule is given, we say, no, thank you. We already have our own rule. That's a really dangerous place to be. The Pharisees and the scribes had already made up their mind who the king would be, what the law would be, and what the kingdom would be like. And Jesus is saying, you're missing it. The common man, including the tax collector, those hated and despised, would enter his kingdom ahead of the Pharisees and the scribes. So, what is God's purpose? What is God's resolve? What did God decide to do when humanity fell? I put this in quotes because I'm just imagining this is what God would say. I will rule on the earth again. And I will rule in the middle of my people. And I will direct my people toward what is the very best in life because I want my people to to live really rich and good lives. I will rule again on the earth among people directing humanity towards what's best. So as a community of people, we can go through just a series of questions. You know, are we going to acknowledge God's justice? You know, some of us have been living in relationship with Jesus a long time. And and sometimes when we do that, we can think, well, I should receive the benefit of that because I've been really faithful and, you know, been following the word. You know, I've been... I've been obedient, and so I should... And then somebody gets in that seems like, gosh, they, they're a dirty, rotten scoundrel. What, what's going on with them? Wait a minute, Jesus. But God always, He always levels the playing field so that the lowest person in whatever totem pole we come up with can enter. So will we acknowledge God's justice in that? Will we acknowledge that God is just, God is right in that? Or, I mean, we've got to ask ourselves, will we thwart God's purpose? I mean, will we resist the rule of Jesus in our community during our generation? Because we, we can do that. Then the next kind of couple, you know, how do we do do this? I mean, today is Texas Independence Day. Whew! We're Texans. Ah, right, yeah. And we're not only Texans, we booted that king out of here a long time ago. And I went to the, you know, the land where the king came from. I don't know how to relate to a king. I vote. You don't get a vote in the kingdom. So I, how do we do this? I mean, I'm serious. How do we enthrone Jesus in our community week by week that we as people who say we're following Jesus recognize Jesus for who he is? He is the king. And he will rule on the earth again. And when we gather in his name, when we sing these songs, we're inviting him to influence us with his rule and his reign. How do we do it? And it may be even more important that how do we how do we respond? And there's something very dynamic. Oh Jesus, okay, you're here. I get it. You're we, we worship you, we honor you, you're the king. Now, O oh Lord, what do you want to do through us today on the earth? Most of my life, I've been telling Jesus, this is what I'm going to do for you, Jesus. He's saying, really? How about we reverse that? How about you recognize that I'm the king. Let me tell you what I want to do through you. So how do we position ourselves to let his will be done on the earth in our generation rather than us deciding what we're going to do for Jesus? How do we do this? There's something very dynamic about how, oh Lord, we, we honor you, we recognize you're the king. Now, oh Lord, what do you want to do through us? How do you direct us, Jesus? Towards what's what the best in life. You see, if if we if we get it, what I, what I think that, I think what Jesus wants us to get is that our community can announce and demonstrate what his kingdom on the earth looks like in our generation. It won't be perfect. It won't be the fullness of his kingdom when he returns. But it can be enough that people begin to see, oh, that's what it looks like. When Jesus is the king, when people are living in relationship with their king, when that king is directing a community to do what he wants to do through them, and these are people that are living life the best way that it can be lived right now. And we become an announcement and a demonstration of the kingdom of God. Now, that's what I really want for our community. Did you, do you see how we, we just kind of move beyond obeying these particular laws that we come up with? There's a reason that we listen and do, but it's serving a much bigger picture. We get to be part of what God really wants to do. Let me say it one more time. God wants to rule on the earth among people and direct those people towards what's the very best in life. Would you like to stand with me? Let's just take a moment, and I just want to invite whoever would like to address Jesus as our king, just however that comes out, just how can we as a community talk to Jesus this morning, right now, as king? So whoever wants to talk to Jesus, acknowledging his royalty among us, just... Say it out, but say it loud enough so we can all hear you, okay? Let's, let's start there.